welcome to Uncovered, the new podcast series that goes behind the headlines to give you an in-depth look at the stories that matter. I'm Kelly Crichton, and in each episode, I'll be joined by the National World reporters who are working to bring information to light and hold those in power accountable. We'll be revealing the journalistic work that goes into the team's investigations and highlighting some important stories that have gone uncovered in the wider media, which we think you need to know about. On this first episode, I'm joined by Harriet Clugston, Data and Investigations Editor for National World, to talk about her article, which looks at the outcomes of recorded rape, sexual assault and domestic abuse crimes by British police forces, and specifically, how many resulted in charges being brought, broken down by the ethnicity of the victim. The results have revealed how charge rates, already abysmally low across sexualized and gendered violence, were even worse for non-white victims. Harriet. Can you give us some of the top level results of your findings? Yeah, so as you say, the statistics I've gathered have shone a light on the ethnic disparities for victims when it comes to accessing justice. So they show that across the board in rape, sexual assault and domestic abuse offences, when the victim is white, the police are more likely to bring charges, whereas in cases where they're black or Asian or mixed race victim, they're more likely to close the case without charging anybody. And there's also evidence to suggest that the Crown Prosecution Service may be more likely to secure a conviction as well in court in cases when the victim was white. Okay, so let's go back to the start. What prompted you to look at this information and how did you go about it? So it was really inspired, first of all, by a report published earlier this year by the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities, which you might remember caused a bit of an uproar at the time because it made some really quite bold statements about the UK not being a structurally racist place anymore and about how the system's no longer deliberately rigged against black and ethnic minority people. It was really saying that often it can be down to minorities themselves to close the disparities rather than assuming there's a problem with British society as a whole. So uh, we had this report making quite bold claims and it also struck quite a self-congratulatory tone about the extent of the data analysis that they'd done. What really struck me was the extent of the data gaps there were. And that phrase wasn't used once anywhere in the report. And yet I know from my work as a data reporter how often ethnicity breakdowns aren't available in government data. So I was reading the section on criminal justice in the report and it mostly focused on scenarios in which ethnic minority people were the perpetrators or at least having a a run-in with the police when they're being stopped and searched, for instance. And uh, they did briefly acknowledge that black and ethnic minority people are more likely to be victims of crime, but that's basically where the interrogation of the victim experience ended. So at the same time, and actually ongoing for all of this year, we've had uh, this big public debate about violence against women and girls and about the police and criminal justice system. They've been having a reckoning, basically, with with having to face up to their their failings in that area, Uh, whether it's shockingly low charge rates or it's just not prosecuting enough suspects and, and securing convictions. So I just had this suspicion that there would be this disparity there with worse outcomes for black and ethnic minority victims of gendered violence or sexual violence. So I put freedom of information requests into every police force in the UK, asking how many charges they brought for different groups of victims, and also to the the CPS, the Crown Prosecution Service, asking about their conviction rates. And the data basically has borne out my suspicions Yeah, as far as I know, it's the first time this data has actually been compiled, or at least the first time it's been published. And it's certainly not been published by the government itself. Okay, so can you take us through some of the numbers on sexual assault and rape? 
So the first thing to say is that the data we asked for is based on just the crime outcomes that police have assigned to a case, which tells you what the end result was. So it basically means we've excluded all the cases that are still open and being investigated. So we can just see what proportion of all the closed cases ended with charges. With the more than 100,000 rape cases police said they'd recorded between 2016 and 2020, of the cases that involved a white victim, 6.7% resulted in charges being brought, which is obviously a very low number, but for the cases with a black victim, it was lower still at 5.5%. For mixed race victims, it was 4.5%. And for Asian victims, it was 3.7%. So what that means is that white rape victims were 1.8 times more likely than Asian victims to see their attackers charged. And the the vast majority of forces actually had lower charge rates for ethnic minorities uh, than they did for for white victims. One thing that really stood out was that 10 forces hadn't managed to bring a single charge for the rape of a black person in that entire five-year period, Um, even though between them they'd recorded almost 150 such rapes. So it's not like they didn't have the opportunity to to do that. It was a, a very similar picture with sexual assault, although slightly lower, slightly smaller gaps than in the rape cases. You also looked at domestic violence, but this showed even bigger gaps. Is that correct? Yeah. So with the domestic violence, slightly fewer police forces actually were able to give us data, uh, although we we did still have 30 out of the 45 forces in the UK responding. And those figures showed that white victims, again, they were 1.6 times more likely to see their abusers charged than Asian victims and 1.5 times more likely than black victims. So uh, we're we're still talking about pretty low charge rates right across the board. So the highest, which was for the white victims, that was at 12.3%. And then the lowest was for Asian victims, and that was 7.7%. You noted some potential reporting problems with these statistics, though, around how the police forces and the Crown Prosecution Service record ethnicity. Yeah, that's right. So uh, quite a few forces, actually, they they didn't record any ethnicity data for domestic abuse offences at all. Or when they did, they they did record it, but they didn't collect it centrally. So they they said they'd have to manually go back through and check thousands of individual crime reports to extract the ethnicity, which is is far more work than they legally have to do to answer an FOI request. Uh, So, yeah, and with the domestic abuse cases, we, as I mentioned, we also asked the Crown Prosecution Service how many prosecutions and convictions they'd carried out over the same period, broken down by ethnicity of the victim, but they said they don't collect that data at all. So instead, they gave me the data on the ethnicity of the defendants, which wasn't ideal, but I looked at the figures anyway, and what they were showing was that there was a huge gap with white defendants overwhelmingly more likely than others to be convicted. It was uh, 78.2% of white defendants were convicted versus 66% of Asians and 65% of black defendants. Um, uh, Now we know that from data published by the Office for National Statistics that mixed race relationships are relatively rare in the UK. So the 2011 census found that 9% of couples who live together were in inter-ethnic relationships, although that actually counts people who are the same race, but different ethnicities, so white British people with white Eastern European, they were counted as as inter-ethnic, so the actual proportion of mixed race couples would have been lower still. And then actually more recent data, again from the ONS in 2018, showed that of uh, opposite sex marriages, 5% involved people from different races. So basically, the assumption that I've been able to make here is that the higher conviction rates for the white domestic abusers 
is likely in turn to reflect white victims having a better chance of seeing their abusers convicted than ethnic minority victims. Me Trust is a specialist race equality think tank and I spoke to their senior policy officer Alba Kapoor to get her thoughts on the investigation. I think from our perspective the sort of justice gaps facing victims across the board who are black and ethnic minorities within the criminal justice system is something that we know about so we know about it in relation to hate crime um, and now we can see it very clearly in relation to gendered violence the statistics in and of themselves are not hugely shocking, but that doesn't stop them from being horrifying. A particular note was that for some forces, there were no charges made for Black and ethnic minority victims. And I think this points to broader questions about support that are in place for victims who are suffering from gendered violence. What relationships Black and ethnic minority victims have to the criminal justice system, to the Crown Prosecution Service, to police forces? Are police forces getting the training that they need to engage Black and ethnic minority victims in an adequate way? Do Black and ethnic minority victims have access to the legal advice and support that they need in making a charge and, and ensuring that they feel comfortable in relation to that? And is there the sort of adequate support in even reporting instances of gendered violence and crime? How is that there? And this is something that we've known for a really long time. And organisations who are working with Black and ethnic minority women in particular in refugees been highlighting for a long time is that there's a lot of fear around reporting and engaging with the police and we can see why it's because experiences of victims can be very negative. I think doubtlessly that we need to be thinking carefully about the relationship between women and the police force more generally but specifically black and ethnic minority women who are so often forgotten in this conversation. I think it's very clear that the voices that are heard most quietly and and are sort of least engaged with are black and ethnic minority women's voices in this conversation. It's very clear that the government aren't kind of responding specifically for migrant and black and ethnic minority women who face their own particular set of barriers in accessing justice. When it comes to conviction rates, these are actually higher for white people, as you mentioned, across all crimes. But there is a much larger gap when it comes to domestic abuse. Can you tell us about this? Yeah, that's actually something I was not aware of until I started looking at the domestic abuse data. So that's that there is actually a cross crime as a whole in England, Wales anyway. White people who are prosecuted are more likely to be convicted than ethnic minorities. Uh, there's sort of varying explanations of why that might be. Uh, it could, white people are actually they're more likely to plead guilty, possibly because they have more faith in the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, more of those don't even get a trial in the first place. Uh, so yeah, I had a look at court data from the Ministry of Justice that they they publish already to find out what that gap was across all kinds of crime during the same period, 2016 to 2020. And yeah, what that showed was that while there was that gap there with white people most likely to be convicted, the gap compared with black and Asian defendants was twice as wide in the domestic abuse cases. Do we have an insight into why these conviction and charge rates are so low for ethnic minorities? Uh, So there's a lot of research been done by charities and, and experts in this field before even if we didn't have this specific data I've collected, basically looking at how the, the criminal justice system works for black and minority ethnic people. And the conclusion basically is that it pretty much it, it doesn't work. 
So um, we've got a specialist domestic abuse charity, Imcon, has done some research which outlines how ethnic minorities overall, they have a lack of trust in the criminal justice system anyway, uh, which actually means they're less likely to report crimes in the first place. But once they're inside the system, it can be quite hostile. They can feel discriminated against. They may not be viewed as sympathetically as white people. And sometimes there's a tendency to sort of explain away their abuse as being cultural. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, actually, overall, ethnic minority victims, we know they're more likely to drop out of the, the process once a crime has been reported to the police, uh, which is when the police will record that they didn't bring charges because the victim didn't support them doing so. But I think the point I'm getting loud and clear from the people I've spoken to is that it's no good the police just saying, well, that sounds like a you problem because you're not cooperating to bring the charges because actually a lot of it was within their power to change. So it's about working to improve relationships between communities and police forces. And I think most crucially, it's making sure there's better support there for victims from the reporting stage to follow through right to the the point of conviction. On that point, uh, what the, the people I've spoken to have said is that Funding for specialist domestic abuse charities and uh, services for ethnic minority victims, they've been particularly badly decimated in the decade of austerity that we've had. Basically, an injection of resources is needed so that they've got the capacity to be there to support victims through the criminal justice system. You found a more fundamental problem with how forces record this data that you requested. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the most fundamental things this investigation has highlighted. So this this data is the best picture we have. I did the best job that I could in the absence of official figures, but it would obviously be better if police forces were forced to collect the data and submit it to the Home Office so that it can be published regularly. And I had all kinds of problems. Like Some police forces, they don't record data on ethnicity for the majority of cases. And then when they do, there's sort of all different uh, systems in place. So they're all using different ethnic categories. Some of them are basing it on what the ethnicity of the victim says they are. And some are basing it on what the police officer perceives them to be, which can be two very different things. So, yeah, what the experts are saying, including the Domestic Abuse Commissioner for England, actually, is that it's absolutely urgent that police forces get their act together, basically, and start recording robust data so there can be proper scrutiny and accountability. And that's something actually that was highlighted by Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabularies in a recent report on violence against women. And they said that police chiefs, they need to have this data if they're going to be able to firstly identify problems and secondly, take remedial action to address them. So I asked Albert why proper data really matters and what can be done to improve the situation. We know that this is an issue of grave concern, that gendered violence in this country gets overlooked to cataclysmic and catastrophic results. It's really shocking that black and ethnic minority women and victims of gendered violence are so particularly let down by the police. So it's urgent that data is disaggregated in such a way that shows the real story and it doesn't homogenize groups needlessly. I think in terms of sort of what needs to happen, I think it does have to start with the Home Office taking steps to urge all forces to do a good mandatory collation of all key information relating to 
the victims of domestic violence and more broadly gendered violence and to do so in a sensitive way. It starts with the Home Office, but obviously you have to ensure that the police are acting in such a way that they understand the importance of data collation and they do so across the board, really. It's urgent that now as sort of these forces take time to think about and and urgently act on what needs to happen to address gendered violence, both within the forces and more generally, they think about what's happening to Black and ethnic minority women and how they can be better supported. It starts with that um, and it starts with more than a commitment, it starts with action. What was the response from the authorities? So the National Police Chiefs Council actually said the figures were a stark reminder that charge rates are too low for everybody, but it did recognise that they're even lower for black and minority victims. Temporary Chief Constable Sarah Crew, who's the council's lead for rape, she said, we must and are doing everything in our power to improve them. The developments that need to take place are broader than policing, and we will continue to play our part in the whole criminal justice overhaul. She went on to say that forces up and down the country will be responding to the concerns raised by Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabularies on data collection, and they do recognise that that is vital. She then said, it is incredibly important for us to understand the experiences of minority groups. We need to know where the barriers are and we need to work with focus and determination to dismantle them, whether that is reporting, at charge or at trial. And the Home Office, they also responded to our investigation It said that it had identified evidence gaps when it developed its violence against women and girls strategy. And it also recognises the need for better data on victim characteristics such as ethnicity, but also other protected characteristics too. And it's actually working with the Office for National Statistics to review the data that's available and make a plan on how to improve it. And then on the work of police forces themselves, a spokesperson from the Home Office said, Police forces must tackle violence against women and girls head on, and we have a duty and responsibility to ask questions and hold them to account to ensure the change we need to see within policing takes place. Thank you for joining me today, Harriet. You can find this article, which includes a breakdown of the figures by police force on nationalworld.com. I'll be back again soon with more analysis of the stories that matter.